Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. This is Josh. And I'm so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we're still talking about Sign of the Times Super Deluxe, but not the album proper. Have we been saying still for too many weeks now? Uh, too many episodes? Uh, do I need to change it up? We may- continue. Maybe, maybe we t- since you asked me earlier, is our next episode going to be the last one? For sign of the times, and my answer was, nope. <laughs> I'm like, but we're getting close to the end, right? And she walked away with her head down, I kicking a ball not. of trash across the kitchen. I did not. That's not true. Her feet. Lies is what you hear right now. Lies, I tell you. But we're going to talk about outtakes. More outtakes, and yes. the kind that were not included. On the set. That's right. There were s- <laughs> there were lots. there were discs of songs that didn't have a home, and still there are more for us to talk about. Yes, and I mean I give the estate a lot of credit. It was a fabulous collection. Yes, they did a great job, but it was not definitive, unfortunately. No, I'm, that's true because some of these songs are really great, though a lot of them saw the light of day, but not princess version correct but there are also things like you know things that saw the light of day like madhouse 8 and 16 both released in the same year as sign of the times that are long out of print and unavailable would have been awesome to have those two discs remastered and put in the sign of the times Mm -hmm. super deluxe Mm -hmm. edition yeah especially since there's so many commonalities musically and we see those madhouse tracks pop up in live performances and madhouse opened for some yeah. of the sign of the times tour dates too yeah. so yeah not only was were released material not all fit onto the set but there was lots of other unreleased material that mm-hmm. didn't find a home either that's right so you know to say it's a super deluxe edition i think is accurate to say it's a definitive collection is nowhere close that's fair nor will we probably cover <laughs> Every definitive no, single piece. But we can help it along toward definitive coverage. We'll shove it along a little. <laughs> so shall we talk about some of the stuff? You can't start with the first song unless you start the first song. That's right. The first song we're going to talk about is 101 Prince's 101, version. correct. Mm-hmm. Or 101. Because they say it both ways. Yeah. Prince and Sheena Easton both sing it both ways. But yeah, I think yeah. 101 is the way to do it. Uh-huh. Although if it had been 100, it wouldn't have been pronounced, you know, 100. No. 100? Yeah, or 99 Nights Without Your Baby. Uh-huh. His murder baby. <laughs> that 100 just won't do uh, yeah doesn't have the mm. same ring to it no it doesn't have the same ring to it maybe that's why he landed on 101 because that was one of my questions is oh. why 101 because poetically yep. it worked better and it's also a highway in california oh the 101 runs up the coast true. and it's beautiful that's true that's true so 101 Prince's Uh unreleased version was Uh recorded smack dab in the middle of Sign of the Times era, January 10th, 1987 Mm -hmm. at Sunset Sound. Not surprisingly, we have Prince on every single instrument and every single voice. Mm -hmm. 
And I assume that means he played every single sample, too, because I there are plenty of those, so. too, unless that's him going, <laughs> which I don't think it is. <laughs> My first thought listening to this song again is, boy, since Christy thought if I was your girlfriend was disturbing, I cannot wait to hear her take <laughs> on this one. That's a lot of candles around the bed. It's a fire hazard, it's really. It's really a big fire hazard. This was hazard. long before LED candles were a thing. Yes. So, yeah, this these... was like one misstep and uh-huh. the bedroom is aflame. That's right. It all goes up. And there must be about 99. No, there are specifically 99. I thought that was very funny. Uh, there's about 99. Like, they're trying to play it off like it's no big deal. But there are specifically 99 candles around this bed. Right. makes me want to sing 99 red balloons mm-hmm. somehow um so for every night that you've been gone i've little i've lit a candle there must be 99 around my bed so somewhere be. between this first lyric and the chorus another candle must have gotten lit then right or he sla- he slipped on his duty oh no no i think Ooh, this slipped is, on his duty that's this something is Prince day 100 there are 99 candles around the bed. Okay. Haven't lit candle 100 yet. But he Maybe says they came 100 in a nights without you is murder, baby. So how does he know that if the 100th night hasn't gotten here yet? That's why I thought he must have missed a night somewhere or one of those early candles might have burnt out on its own. Uh-huh. It's it snuffed out. <laughs> I don't okay. know. That was, yeah. I'm, I was just trying to do the math, oh, okay. make it all add up. <laughs> I don't think math was the prince's biggest concern in the song, despite all the numbers. I don't know. One plus one plus one is three. (laughs) I can't argue. That is true. (laughs) Sometimes I think that I'd be better off dead. Being without you is murder, baby. Like, hmm, that's not homicide or suicide, but it is kind of interesting songwriting. It is. I think he meant it's like being murdered. You yes. Know? You know, sort of oh, just yeah, slang, like but it's not like, it's not the same as him or someone else committing murder. No. No. It was just interesting songwriting, which I Very thought was much so. fun. Yeah. Did you find that I was surprised hearing this one? This outtake surfaced... A handful of years ago, I mean, it was always known that there was a Prince version, but a good-sounding, unreleased version surfaced on a bootleg a few years ago, and that's the one that we listened to here. And I was surprised at how it doesn't have the same vibe, but it has the same sound, especially drum sound, as Housequake. Oh, it's got okay. Housequake-like drums to me. Not the same beat, just the same sounding drum kit, I guess is what I'm trying okay. to say. And I never thought that when it was Sheila E.'s version, um, which is basically the same music. Sheila E.? Or, or Sheena Easton, yeah. sorry, not Sheila E. <laughs> Sheena Easton's version never struck me sounding that way. But then when hmm. I hear Prince sing it, I'm like, that sounds a little like Housequake, which huh. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense. So we have these 
sound effects throughout this too. The uh-huh. one I mentioned on the at the top of the show, do Uh-huh. That are meant to be subway doors opening and closing. Oh, okay. Did you know that? Uh no, I didn't make that connection. Yeah, that's that's what the uh the subway train connection is okay. to the sound effects going on. Get in a taxi, subway train. I was like, they haven't called in over three months. And still, Prince is expecting this person to come to them. When you're obsessed <laughs> and possessed and longing uh-huh. and singing in a falsetto alone and playing all the instruments, I think that that's just... Par for the course. <laughs> I mean, yes, but you would think if you're that obsessed, maybe you'd make the effort to go to them. True. Or accept the fact that they're not coming home. It's right. like the episode of Friends we watched where Phoebe goes to her dad's home and says, Is Frank home? <laughs> oh, well, he left to get groceries. Oh, when do you think he'll be back? Well, that was what happened. <laughs> well, any time now. He's been gone four years. <laughs> right. So we expect him back any time now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I th- I just thought it was really funny that there's this longing mm-hmm. and this a little bit of disconnect between <laughs> the longing to see them and still expecting them to do all the work. True. And he's just going to stay there. You know, creating fire hazards. That's, that's his effort, is lighting candles. Okay. Um, it works for Catholics. Yeah. The other thing I found strange about the songwriting is uh, the chorus. Get in a taxi, uh-huh. subway train. Don't make me cry these tears in vain, baby. Don't make me cry these tears in vain, So if she were to return... Wouldn't that be making him cry the tears in vain? Because he was crying and all upset, and then poof, after three months, she in, in, she in fact showed up. Oh, he, there like was no near no need for him to cry. No, no. The tears were uh-huh. what summoned his lover. Oh. The tears. The salty, the, saline seduction. The, <laughs> <laughs> they called out. They didn't realize the depth of Prince's pain. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, we can move on. That's fine. I just thought, make, it, make me cry these tears in vain. May, show me there's no reason for me to upset by, 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 by showing up is really what he means. But what he says is, I'm crying. And if you show back up, then it, I would have been crying in vain. Oh, see, and I saw it as... Once you realize that I'm crying because I love you so much and miss you so desperately, you'll return to me. Mm. If I cry and you don't show up, those tears were wasted because you didn't get my bat ah, signal of I see salty saline seduction. Exactly. Yeah. Unless he meant V E A N and his heart was crying. Oh jeez. Okay. All right. So a hundred nights without you is murder, baby. A hundred and one just won't do. Uh-huh. 
I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love the wording of that. I think uh-huh. it's very slick. It's kind of crazy. Like, yeah. He's reached this magic number of 100. And What's going to happen at 102? Well, I also thought it, it, the, the lyric isn't, I can't bear 101, or I won't make it through another, but 101 just won't do. <laughs> it won't do. It's very... I will not stand for this. It's just like very deep south kind of talk to me. <laughs> like, well, this just won't do. <laughs> Okay. I think there's a little bit of a self-own in here, too. Okay. What's that? No one deserves you like I do. I said, no one deserves you like I do. Because oh. usually when you say they deserve each other, <laughs> it means yeah. neither one of them are very good people. Right. So put them together. They, uh-huh. they are good for suffrage. Uh-huh. Yes, I put a note after, no one deserves you like I do. And of course, it's all, you know, this delivery of this whole thing is very, I'll I'll guess disturbing is a good word. I mean, purposefully disturbing. It's not like he recorded this song and I'm sitting here listening going, well, that's a little disturbing how he did that. (laughs) I mean, the whole point is, this is a disturbed person Mm -hmm. who is obsessed. But to say, no one deserves you like I like I do. (laughs) He feels very entitled. No. Like, I have earned. I have earned you, and I am not coming to you, despite the fact that you have made it very clear that you don't want anything to do with me, having been 99 days away. Right. I've got wicks to light. (laughs) (laughs) Though there is this chorus of princes Uh at the, like, two and a half minute mark that's so excellent. Two minutes and 35 seconds. Layered vocals from the chorus is great. So say my notes. Uh, great. All at once when he sings 100 Nights Without You is Murder Baby, Crying These Tears in Vain, 101 Just Won't Do. And it's all... Just a jumbled mess, but uh-huh. it's complete perfection. Yep. It's amazing. Yep. It's really totally good. Totally amazing. And so the abrupt ending. Yeah. Yeah. Before, you, before, before the abrupt before ending. Before the abrupt ending, I wanted to mention that it felt like perhaps this was always meant to be for either Sheena Easton or for a female singer. Mm-hmm. Because he sings, nothing on TV, my girlfriends bore me. Uh-huh. Uh, Sheena Easton sings it the same way. So right. I think that Prince isn't saying his other flings are boring to him. I think he's singing this for a woman. Yes, I agree. Like, my girlfriend, my friends, is what he's Mm -hmm. saying. All of my friends bore me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to entertain me, which, again, so title, entitled. Right. Like, my friends are trying to entertain me, but I'm just bored with all of them. Right. They don't have penises, and I don't find that endearing at all. (laughs) Yeah. Your lack of penis disturbs me. (laughs) Wait. 
Darth Vader was a metaphor for subway doors opening and closing oh! all this time. Oh! We solved it. Crack the code. Excellent. That's why Darth Vader always said, I'm in the funk. I'm in deep. You got to come, baby. See about me. That was right before he held his clawed fist into the air and screamed, No! (laughs) Well, this song takes off in the beginning and keeps driving relentlessly, and I completely always have and still do love it. Yeah, that's great. And then, of course, it did end up released on Sheena Easton's ninth album, The Lover in Me. It was the third single from that album, credited to Joey Coco. Mm-hmm. Um, and released, finally, on uh, November 7th, 1988. So when it did surface, it was well out of the Sign of the Times time frame, you know, past Love Sexy even, close to mm-hmm. Batman, but since it was originally recorded in January 1987, I felt we should be including it here. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Sheena declared that this was mm-hmm. her favorite song of all the songs she's ever recorded. Yes. Which I yeah. thought was really cool. I saw that in a 2012 interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the songs I've ever done, that's my favorite as recently as 2012. Yeah. So I don't know if she's released music since 2012. New music that mm. might have superseded that statement. Uh, but I would bet that since Prince is passing, it's become even more dear to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is Prince on all music. Mm-hmm. And I think we forgot to mention up front that the song starts off with that same slowed down thunder sound effect that we uh-huh. kept mentioning yep. in episode after episode after episode that I think we first heard in Baby Go-Go and mm-hmm. we heard in Madhouse tracks and others and uh, now in 101. Mm-hmm. It literally opens with just that sound effect, which places it firmly in the same, you know, era. era. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I thought Sheena's voice is just perfect for this song. Mm-hmm. Very perfect. Yeah, I really agree. And Prince might have even been singing to kind of give her a vocal guide with her in mind specifically. Mm-hmm. And I almost think that they might have kept a, a little of his vocals in there. Oh, maybe. Particularly at 37 seconds, there's a background vocal when they say bed. Around my bed. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, that Almost sounds like it might be Prince back there. I did not notice, but it would not shock me at all if that was left buried in the mix a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think maybe uh, Sheena can get a dude on a taxi or a subway to come to her. She's more ordering. Oh. thought prince was a little more pleading mm, in the yearning get, yes get on the ta- get in a taxi or a subway train uh-huh. and she's more like you want this come get it that's true she sings with authority where uh-huh. prince is more demurred yes would you say that's that's fair yeah 
Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think yeah. she's got a commanding voice and a commanding delivery, mm-hmm. and it really works well. Mm-hmm. That this that interview from 2012 is where I learned that it's Subway Doors opening and closing. She says oh, okay. that, uh, plus I like the production, she said, of the song. I love the Subway Doors opening and closing. Okay. He wanted it to be very haunting and to just be about the desperation and the voice. Oh. And about the concept of you being away from this person for forever, it seems, and you just can't bear it for one more night. Oh, that's interesting. Great explanation of yeah. the song. I think she's a little more commanding and he's a little more desperate. So it's an interesting sort of mm-hmm. twist. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the song ends very similarly with except Sheena holds on a long drown out note on no uh-huh. at the very end. That's this uh, screaming kind of, I guess if there's uh-huh. one point, one part of hers that's haunting and uh, less commanding, mm-hmm. I guess that would be it. Um, and then punctuated by that same thunder sound effect at the end also. And there's a, just a little before that, there's some layered no's mm. that are really cool. Very Prince-like, but done by Sheena. So yeah. it's good. Yeah. Then we have the 101 Uptown version, which is right. a version of Sheena's remixed by Prince. Right, which I assume went uncredited. It didn't really say so yeah. on Prince Vault. Um, and I would think that it would have mm-hmm. um, gone uncredited and be, been uh, included on the single for 101, the 12-inch single. Right, if it was credited, maybe the Joey Coco. I just think even that the fact that it said Uptown version would be enough mm-hmm. to tell you who was working it. For sure. You know? It's very long. Eight yes. minutes and 23 seconds. Uh-huh. There's some great guitar work, though. Just the opening of it. Oh. I heard it f- the first time, and I had not listened to this version before preparing for this podcast, oh. I will admit. Um, I thought that the electric guitar opening was so, so similar to how the opening of the Sign of the Times tour was when Sign of the Times was played live, and it uh-huh. starts with that... Uh-huh. Yeah. It is almost played note for note at the beginning of this remix. So I thought that was a fun, I'm going to say, purposeful Easter egg. Mm -hmm. But who knows? Right. Um, I thought the drums were differently mixed, maybe even more live sounding to a degree, but also has more of a house mix sound to it than... The original? Somehow more live and also more house beat. (laughs) Those really don't go together. More live and more electronic? Yes, livetronic (laughs) is how I heard it. There's this little single drawn out piano note that appears several times between like 49 seconds and a Hmm. minute four. It's just such a nice little accent. Good I really ear. appreciate yeah. 
mm-hmm. uh, in the first chorus at a minute and 15 seconds, there's lots of what I called whipping drums and mm-hmm. hits of electric guitar. All of which one would assume were played by Prince. Mm-hmm. Since he played all the instruments on the original, and here is this slightly different recording. Mm-hmm. Same thing with uh, at two minutes and fifty four seconds when Sheena sings "Nothing on TV." My girlfriends bore me. There mm-hmm. are fun drums and echoes and great electric guitar hits there too. There's she screams that no, mm-hmm. and there's some guitar that kind of mimics that vocalization, and it's really excellent. Yep. Um, this may be even the same part, three minutes and fifty-seven seconds, yep. which kind of sounds like the end of the album version, and there's yes. a drum breakdown. And these weird vocal samples of Sheila, too, and sirens that all come together and actually just kind of, it's kind of a messy cacophony of things, Mm -hmm. but it's still a lot of fun. Yes, for sure. That is exactly the same part. Mm -hmm. The house part that I heard, I guess, is really at four minutes and 23 seconds with the piano Mm -hmm. that plays. Yes, it's very, very 80s Prince. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I noticed that at that same spot, and then like at 4 minutes and 49 seconds. And 5 minutes and 14 seconds. They're just some keyboards that are so so 80s prints yep not just 80s but specifically prints in the 80s yeah and they're not even like dwelled upon for very mm-hmm. long they're like quick little touches of things that uh-huh. uh still are somewhat instantly recognizable yes yeah you that thunder at five minutes and ten seconds of course there's mm-hmm. thunder of course there's thunder yeah you probably there's fun ad-libbing throughout the end of the song, you know, at this point, too. And, uh, man, from 7 minutes and 30 seconds to 8 minutes and 23 seconds. We said that it's 8 minutes and 20-some-odd seconds long, mm-hmm. but really, it's got a minute-long ending of, you know, a soundscape mm-hmm. Yeah, I got like a growly guitar yeah. and then a engine or a subway sound kind of outro. Yeah. Yeah. It lingers a while. But okay, yes. it's a remix. Yeah. That's fine. It's fine. Then we have 101, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, mm-hmm. instrumental. Right. Uh-huh. Cuz it's not hardly instrumental. It, it is not. In fact, the longer you get into it, the less instrumental it is. Yes. It is essentially the album version, but with Sheena's background vocals and maybe some additional vocals 
included uh-huh. that weren't even part of the album version yeah. or the Uptown version. Right. So not only is it not instrumental, it might be like less lyrics and more vocals. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's almost like they took the album version and just stripped off the main vocals mm-hmm. and just left the music and the background vocals. Yeah, like it's the karaoke version. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which means that like some of the background vocals, they sound great when they're in the background, but they're a little weird when you listen to them by themselves. So there's a spot that's where she says better off dead. And it's like droning and dreary. And I get that. Okay. Better off dead is a droning and dreary sort of yeah. lyric, but it doesn't, it sounds weird. I'll go back to that interview that Sheena gave mm-hmm. in 2012. She said, when you work with Prince, he's one of those kinds of guys that likes to keep you off guard. You get the phone call saying, hey, come down to the studio. There's something I want you to hear. And you get down there like with 101 and he'd play it once and be like, and I'd be like, I don't know. And he'd say, well, just go and sit and listen to a little, listen to it for a little bit. And I'd go and he'd come right in and say, let's go. But I don't know it completely, I'd say. Uh-huh. And he'd say, well, just sing what you know then. <laughs> so there was this uh, keeping her off her toes thing and maybe a little off key that he liked. I think she mentioned that um, mm-hmm. for You Got the Look also, that yeah. she's not in complete harmony with him. Uh-huh. And he actually liked it Yeah, and wanted it that way. That right. it sounded weird in spots. Yeah. So that could be the case here it's, too. It's kind of interesting. Like he's very much a tax master and wants it just right, but he also knows how to get what he thinks is just right out of mm-hmm. this other artist in a yeah. way that they wouldn't have done themselves. Yep. It's like a really good director. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh 35 seconds around my bed. At a minute, better off dead. At a minute seven, being without you is murder, baby. Being without you is murder, baby. At a minute 48, no one deserves you. Mm -hmm. No one deserves you. Minute 58, you know it's true. Two minutes and four seconds. If that was true, why'd you leave me, baby? If that was true, why'd you leave me, baby? So lots of vocal hits, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, for an instrumental version. Yeah. An awful lot of vocalizations happening. Right. Ooh, I also wrote down another possible name for this track, you know, if they ever want to rename it. Uh-huh. want to listen to this podcast to see if we might have ideas. <laughs> uh-huh. Vocal dub. Vocal dub. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's not lead vocal dub, but it's a dub version with some vocals. Mm -hmm. Okay. I guess it could just be dub. Dub. 101 dub. dub. Okay, sure. They could call it dub-o-dub. That (laughs) dub-o-dub just won't do. (laughs) So with that, we bid farewell to four versions of 101. Mm -hmm. There were other remixes also um, on the 12-inch single None of which had any Prince involvement. involvement. Mm-hmm. Thus, we are omitting them oh, from right. here. Yeah. Then we have 
Eternity. Yes. Prince's version. Right. It was first offered to George Clinton for a project he was producing with Vanessa Williams. Right. In addition to Sheena East and Shaka Khan, also recorded a version for her album CK, which came a little later. Yep. Boy, bootlegs have been circulating of this version for an awful long time. It started with uh, a like Camille-pitched vocal version. Oh, okay. Which I don't think was ever something Prince intended. The version that we listen to here is what I think his original vocal was like. Okay. It was recorded in December 1985 at Sunset Sound and then Uh vocal overdubs in 86 to early 87. So recorded much earlier, but then worked on further during the Sign of the Times era. Mm Mm-hmm. Jill Jones has background vocals on Prince's version. Which I think makes a lot of sense. She could have sung the song too. Mm-hmm. Maybe she did. I think um, Prince's version has a very straightforward vocal delivery throughout. It's beautifully simple. It's kind of mm-hmm. Prince at his best in that regard with that simple... Delivery on a repeating drum track and almost sounds a little like version two of a big tall wall. Yeah. Simple kind of song. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is much sweeter of a song than big tall wall and much less troubling. I think you'd agree. <laughs> uh, I do agree. It's really poetic. Seems like an eternity. No, seems like eternity since I've been in your arms. A multitude of colorless hours pass. Seems like eternity. Since I've been in your arms, a multitude of Very poetic indeed. Yeah. Yep. Even before the uh, that first lyric is sung, there are kind of singing scents at the very beginning that yeah. have a vocal quality to La them. La or da. Well, and that's when she, we'll get to this in a minute, but Sheena's version, they sing it. Right. In this version, there's like synthesizer samples of la or da. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is great. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought his layered vocals in a minute 20 are amazing. I long to touch you. In a world so cold, whenever we, I don't know, mama, I just want you all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like a round. It's a round and it doesn't rhyme and somehow it... It works super, yeah. super well. I love it when he does that kind of treatment to a song, to the lyrics, where yeah. you get it in this round, and it's complicated and hard to sing, and it sounds like there's a lot of people, but there's really just him, and it's yeah. fantastic. Yep, and yeah. it's so polished and perfect and effortless all at once. Mm-hmm. And then we would see kind of a forethought of what we'd see in Love Sexy. Oh, with the I only pray it's not just another God. I only pray that it's not just another God. Or 
he mm. blends sex and faith in this yeah. Thomasine. He's done that lots before this, but it kind of felt to me a little more like what we would see come up in Love Sexy. And then even in the 90s, that kind of eternity faded love sort mm-hmm. of thing. It's like you can see him bridging yeah. what he did before with what was coming next. Yeah. Now that you've got the, you get to see the whole bigger picture of it. Yeah. You 20, can see hindsight. His, yeah. yeah. You can see his metamorphosis from one to the, the next. Yep. How his style was starting to change. I'd agree. Totally. Mm-hmm. If you had let me listen to the song and given me a written lyric that I would have to find the perfect cadence to fit the song. And the lyric was this. You are the beginning, middle, and end to every story told. You are the beginning, middle, and end to every story told. There is no way I would have ever made it fit the uh-huh. way Prince sings it perfectly uh-huh. in the song and hits every beat at the right spot. Yeah. I, that's that's, that's the most amazing part to me of this song is the cadence of you are the beginning middle and end to every story told and Uh how how it's sung and the beat that it's sung to that fits so well Uh uh-huh blows my mind it's really good Um, and i love how it kind of speaks to us here in 2021 you are the science of my mind you are the science of my mind Again, it's this blending of love and sex and religion and now science in it, especially in a day and age when we see a lot of people who are using religion to push science away. Right. He's bringing it all together. Yeah, I love it's it. all there. I, growing up listening to the song, and even to this day, if I'm not careful, I sing it as... You are the silence of my mind. I oh. thought that's what it was, oh, which made that. a lot of sense. Like, oh, you bring peace to all my thoughts. Mm. And then preparing for this, I'm like, no, no, no. I've got to remember I'm singing it and hearing it wrong. It's you are the science of my mind, uh-huh. which uh-huh. is a great lyric. Yeah. I think another very Prince lyric is, darling, you be the only one for me towards the end. Darling. The only one for me. You wouldn't hear anyone else sing that. Like purposely screw up grammar uh-huh. to be cute and endearing uh-huh. and lovable. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was this really interesting phrasing, which kind of made me think it's more than just a romantic love and more of a supernatural God sort of thing. Okay. And it seems like a year away, mm-hmm. you and I were making love. And it seems like a year away that you and I were making love. And I'm like, hmm. I know it's to rhyme with day mm-hmm. in a following line, but it's almost like he's seeing into the future. Yeah. That's true. Like it's a year. You, if you said something's a year away, it means it's a year in the future, yeah. not a year in the past. Right. Well, that kind of goes with the oddness of you said this lyric early on. Seems like eternity since I've been in your arms. Where to me, uh-huh. I would have said and sung, if I could sing, <laughs> seems like an eternity since yes. I've been in your arms. Like the art, definite article is kind of missing there, where. 
it seems like a year away. Really ought to be seems like a year ago, uh-huh. or it seems like it's been a year mm-hmm. since you and I were making love, and it's got this yeah to fit the rhyme for sure. Uh-huh. Since uh, once you take life day to day rhymes with away, right? But it's equally oddly worded. Yes, yeah, which I thought was great. Yeah, and again, it's really fun to listen to the chorus of Prince's the choir of princes and pick right. out each one. There's very high and very low and yeah. several in between and there are a whole huh. bunch of them. And it's really fun to listen to it over and over again to try and pick out each version. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of the bootlegs that I had listened to, not this one in particular, but some of them ended with this uh, explosion sound effect too. And I always yeah, okay. thought like, well, doesn't that go against the very thought of eternity that there's... Some big explosion sounds like the end, and it was just weird. And I don't know if that was bootleggers' edition uh, because they didn't have the full song, and so that was a way to end it on a bootleg. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know, but it did appear on Sheena Easton's eighth album, No Sound But a Heart, right? the first and only single from that album. I didn't realize. Oh, yeah, first and only single. Didn't yeah. realize that. Yep. I love that uh, Prince used the pseudonyms Rocker Happy Feller and Freddy the Phantom for yeah. musician credits. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. The single was released May 30th, 1987, so mm. definitely right in the heart of the Sign of the Times era. Um, and this is the one that you mentioned. You know, Sheena has her own almost Disney-esque. Uh-huh. Disney-esque, yes. It has that sound to it to me, like, uh, you know, it's some blonde, uh-huh. giant-eyed cartoon uh-huh. woman. With ba- birds. Ba- 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 uh-huh. Yes, and a, a blue dress on. <laughs> oh, so you're thinking of Cinderella specifically. I guess. Birds and deer and... Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. I know. It has nothing to do with <laughs> the song or 1987, but it had that feeling to okay. me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that she preserved the round in the mm-hmm. second verse. Yes. I can see how that would be a complicated sort of yeah. thing that somebody might say, you know what, I'm just going to sing it straight. And yeah, she preserved it here. It was really she good. She did. There's some guitar instrumentation before the bridge. Seems like a year away that you and I were mm-hmm. making love. That's unique to this version, not in Prince's unreleased version. That makes me think he added some instrumentation work to this. Mm-hmm. And there's some little xylophone type sounds yeah. too in there that really make it very 80s sounding. It does sound mm-hmm. uh, 80s. But I also thought otherwise to me there's not anything very unique about Sheena's version compared sure. to Prince's. I mean she sings it well. Um, and she's a great vocal match for Prince's songs. Um, it makes me see why he liked working with her spontaneously, uh-huh. which seemed to make her happy and drive her mad all at the same time. Uh-huh. Then there's a Shep Pettibone mix of Eternity. There sure is. Yep. Six minutes and 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. There's a really fun orchestral sounds that are featured 
they're like brought up in the mix here is really good. I really enjoyed that bit. Thought it was fun that we heard Shep Pettibone's remix of Strange Relationship on the Sign of the Times box set, and this is this one has many of the same hallmarks and drum sounds, additional percussion, maybe a slightly lighter touch here than what happened with Strange Relationship, but it does have some of those vocal samples, Max Headroom type moments, mm-hmm. you know, that were part of the Strange Relationship remix. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a little echo in her voice. Yeah. It, I mean, it almost sounds like in a big room. Yeah. Yeah. There were a few moments that I wrote down, just to recap here, at 2 minutes and 37 seconds, there's a very crucial type guitar solo in the mm-hmm. breakdown that's nice. Um, I thought at 3 minutes and 22 seconds to 3 minutes and 42 seconds, there was an extremely ship pettibone percussion type mm. moment there. Yeah, really rapid drums. Yeah. yeah, and the same thing at 3 minutes and 44 seconds to 3 minutes and 52 seconds. In fact, I left the E off of Shep's last name. <laughs> so it says Shep Pettibond. Shep Pettibond. <laughs> I think that's a shoemaker. Yep. <laughs> Then we have Cool Love, the Prince version. The Prince version. Man, it's so peppy and fun. So this one, I've got to raise my hand and say, yes, I realize that Prince's version of Cool Love was recorded in May of 1988, Uh which is late in the Sign of the Times timeline, admittedly. And you can hear Love Sexy era drum sounds coming into play here a lot. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to include songs recorded in July 1985... Mm -hmm. um, We can go a little the other way, too. We can go a little the other way, too. Plus, we've covered Love Sexy already also. Mm -hmm. Um, And this ended up on the same album as 101. Okay. Which is certainly a Sign of the Times era song. So I saw the lines blur a little bit here. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to forget you. I swear to God I do. I'm like, ooh, the lovemaking is cool, but maybe the relationship isn't so much. Or he just can't get her out of his mind. He's trying to get past her. This to me is like a follow-up to 101 where he's like... That's fair. He's run out of candles... The <laughs> the box of candles is empty. The box That's of why he is couldn't empty. go to 101 really because he ran out. He the box of candles only had 100 in it. No, well, it wouldn't make sense to put 101 candles exactly. in a box. It's just dumb math for packaging. And that's exactly why he knew there were exactly 99. Right. Even though he tried to play it off cool. Okay. Yeah. This is starting to make a lot of sense now. Yeah. Uh huh. So it seems to me that he would then move to cool love like. I'm going to make another Friends reference. Eddie from Friends. <laughs> Chandler's roommate when Joey moved out. You know, he moved in and he was kind of a little quirky, s- but quirky, but kind of adorable and then kind of turned dangerous uh-huh. and then was just kind of uh, unnecessarily and without reason giddy. Uh-huh. And that's the stage that Prince is uh-huh. in now. He's like, in unreasonable giddiness. Yeah. So the okay. fact that uh, his girlfriend has said she was leaving leaves him bewildered and wondering if she wants him anymore and he tells himself over and over that their love is true but also he wants to forget you swear to god i do (laughs) and what does it add up to a cool love yeah yeah well because then he goes on to Say, I can't imagine a world without you sleeping without you next to me. Somebody tell me what to say to make this lover see. I can't imagine a world without you sleeping without 
this lover or do you want this lover to stay yeah it's the contradiction it's very fun yeah and he sings that real deeply too like can't imagine a world without you uh-huh. sleeping without you next to me which i thought was kind of unique uh-huh back up just a little bit a minute and 32 seconds he's got incredible vocals that rise in key when he sings over and over i tell myself your love's for me and no one else i want to forget you swear to god i do and uh-huh. he hits these high notes that are just pretty amazing yeah Well, and then there was uh, a little interesting phrase right before that. We're still uh, going backwards, huh? You know, yeah, we're doing backwards things. Um, make your stomach pound. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to make somebody's heart pound? I've never one made <laughs> somebody's stomach pound. <laughs> Don't do that. This is that's an audio a, medium. Don't do that. That's what a stomach pound sometimes means, right? Like... <laughs> But I guess that kind of went with the knock you out in yeah. every round. Yeah. Knock you out in every round. Wasn't it good for you, Fred? Wasn't it good? Yes, it, it makes sense. But it's also sort of combative. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. A awesome little guitar solo at 2 minutes and 12 seconds that reminds me of the solo from Pink Cashmere, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite mm-hmm. Prince solos. <laughs> solos that just comes screaming at you and hits you in the face makes my face pound <laughs> and then there's a refrain pardon me girl did you say that you were leaving a nice little refrain yeah I like it and again I thought this kind of sounded like a precursor to some things that would happen in the 90s. I love you because I hate you. I yep. hate you because I love you. Oh, yeah. I So intense. And, of course, we heard that, the, the sex of it. He says, uh, I couldn't love you more, so I guess I'll hate you next. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of felt like this was also in that I'm leading up to what I'm going to sing about in the 90s sometimes. Yeah. Prepare for my insanity. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. The longer you listen to the song, the more it rewards you, too. At three minutes and 11 seconds, he sings Ice Cold Baby and has this Prince Woo. And just a vocalization that I wrote down as Just this great vocal delivery at three minutes and 11 seconds that I kept like rewinding, like, hey, Siri, rewind 10 seconds. Uh huh. Rewind 10 seconds. Yeah. Rewind 10 seconds. I liked the vocalizations in that area as well. It was really good. And the closing of the song, like at three minutes and 40 seconds, has this another great guitar breakdown. 
instrumental through the end that is clearly in the love sexy vibe if you listen to it through the end of the track and then go back and listen to some of the musical moments from love sexy they are definitely connected Mm -hmm. Um, even there's a keyboard that sounds like i don't know drips or these sound effects that are also a precursor of the batman era too um with sound effects and guitar hits going on through the end of the song Mm -hmm. it fades which is a shame but this song did end up on a sheena easton album as well yes the lover in me right same one that 101 appeared on Mm -hmm. in fact it was the b-side on some versions of 101 makes sense Mm -hmm. produced by joey coco but Mm -hmm. featured prince on all instruments yep uh, some nice vocal ad-libbing again by Sheena at the very beginning mm-hmm. of Cool Love. Yes. I have to tell you, I had not listened to Sheena's version in a very long time. In fact, I have The Lover in Me on CD and bought it like in 1988 when it uh-huh. came out. And the released version has this very nice and bright sound to it. Okay. Where the unreleased version that we have, mm-hmm. while it sounds good, is maybe a little bit muffled. But in fact, the drums from this song and Sheena's version especially are very close, like dangerously close to the drums in Alphabet Street. The same drum kit, the same sound, even a similar beat, maybe a little slower with a slightly less complex percussion. But listen to the beginning of Alphabet Street after Prince gives you his now. Okay. And the beginning of Sheena's version. They are cut from the same cloth. I mean, it could be from the same pant leg. Wow. Yeah. I kind of like how Sheena words it. She says, your love's for me. Whereas in Prince's version, he says, that love's for me and no one else. Oh, okay. I kind of, it added a little clarity, I think, to say your love's for me and no one else. There was also a more obvious lyric change at the beginning where Sheena sings, pardon me, boy, did you say that you were Mm -hmm. leaving where Prince was a girl? Yeah. No, uh pronoun courage correct or who knows if this was intended for her initially or if uh he didn't know what he was going to do with it right i really thought that knock you out in every round sounds very different coming from a woman Oh, okay. It was a really less violent uh, yeah, and less true. combative and more orgasmic. Yep. I can yeah. see that. That makes sense. Yeah. I also thought the way she delivers, I want to forget you. I swear to God I do. <laughs> At a minute and 37 seconds, her delivery sounds a whole lot like Jill Jones.
think Sheena and Jill Jones have very similar singing voices. Yeah, that's Especially fair. when they get into screamy mode, mm-hmm. scream singing. Yep. In a good way. Yep. And then right after the knock you out bit, wasn't it good for you, babe, was also kind of different from a woman. Prince kind of said mm. it as a reminder. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or like a... Like, let me, remember how let good me, it was? Let me put my penis on the table for you to <laughs> recall. And then when Sheena sings it, it's tinged with maybe a little insecurity. Yeah, it's like it's m- an actual question. Right. Not a rhetorical one. Right. Like, he mm-hmm. was reminding his lover, yeah. it was good for you. Right. And she's like, wasn't it good for you? Was yeah. I, wasn't I good enough? Yep. Uh, two minutes and 12 seconds, Prince's little guitar solo has some Sheena Easton vocalizing with it, too, mm-hmm. in the background. It's real nice. Really good. Some little tinkling piano synths in there, too. Tinkling. Mm-hmm. some super high vocals that Sheena hits for Coo Who Love at 3 minutes and 38 seconds Mm -hmm. and then Prince's guitar solo hits fades out and Mm -hmm. it doesn't include much of that instrumental ending from Prince's version that um, I kind of enjoyed but there was a little bit of violin yeah that was added yeah. this little interesting dimension. Yep. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny you say dimension, and I almost want to finish it as dementia. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're not going to forget it. That's right. why we wrote it all down. Right. <laughs> then we have Feel You Up. Long stroke. <laughs> the long stroke, which of course was the B side to Party Man from right. the Batman soundtrack, but it has a long history. It dates back to at least 1981. Yep. Um, it was completely recorded in 1986. Completely re recorded. Yes, that's yeah. what I mean. Yep. Yes. But it was a Camille era track. Correct. Yeah, and the re recording happened. The day after Overdubs on Housequake, the day before Rebirth of the, Fle- Rebirth of the Flesh, and Rock Hard in a Funky Place. So you can really see the state of mind that Prince is in recording these songs. They mm-hmm. hang together really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. So the intonation of Prince's voice reminded me a little bit of... Doris from Illusion, Coma, Pimp, and Circumstance. Oh, okay. It sounded a little bit aged and absolutely unafraid to sexually harass someone. <laughs> okay. Yep. Sounds right. Mm-hmm. I just love the sound of the drums from the 1986 Camille era. It just drips pure funk to me, mm-hmm. you know? And you can certainly hear that in this song. The 1981 version was included on 1999 Super Deluxe Edition, which we covered, uh, seems like, years ago, but Mm -hmm. wasn't that long ago. Um, And there, Prince almost whispers during the whole song. Yeah. He's like, I ain't looking for a one-night stand. I won't feel you up. But here, Prince is singing, yelling at him parts almost. It's like Uh a definite party song versus a seduction song, which is what it was in 1981. Yeah. 
Which is funny because he, he doesn't want a one night stand. He's not interested in sex. I ain't looking for a one night stand. I only want to fill you up. No. He's not interested in their credit cards. I don't want your credit cards or anything you got. Fill you up. That's all I want to do. What do you say? Just wants to have a little bit of erotic fun, I imagine, in a alleyway somewhere right or somewhere yeah or a where club they could bathroom be, could be caught uh-huh for yeah for fun yeah yeah i also thought that um you know through the first couple minutes of the song essentially even though it's a re-recording we've got the camille pitch to his voice mm-hmm. we've got saxophone and trumpet by eric leeds and atlanta bliss that weren't included in the early version mm-hmm The lyrics are essentially the same, but at two minutes, we get another courtroom reference, a.k.a. witness for the prosecution, Uh when he asks, what's the verdict? I don't like suspense. How can you resist my burning kiss? Uh Uh-huh. What's the verdict? I don't like suspense. How can you resist my burning touch? Which I thought was kind of fun. Yes, it was so intense and growly perfection. It was great. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed or not that there is a horn part in the middle of the song, three Mm -hmm. minutes and two seconds to three minutes and ten seconds. on I Like Funky Music oh. from New Power Soul. Oh, no, I didn't know that. In New Power Soul, you can hear it from a minute and 33 to a minute and 40 seconds. And uh, this version is called Long Stroke simply because there is a short stroke version that was an edit that was on the single for Party Man. If you bought the cuss single, mm-hmm. which I did, yeah, this the is what you got. Cassette single, the yes, cassette single. Uh-huh. Um, they tried to give it a cute name. Yep, yep. I bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, three minutes and forty-four seconds is where during that chorus repetition is where the short stroke version faded out. Okay. And uh, the only way to get the long stroke back then was to buy the 12-inch vinyl, yeah, yeah. which I did. Had a decent record player. Cool. And it was a lot of fun to listen to that way. Very cool. Yeah. At 4 minutes and 50 seconds, there's a little treatment to Prince's voice, and it's kind of funny and robotic and almost frog-like, which I thought was really fun. Yeah. sound a little croaky uh-huh yeah it's <laughs> six minutes and 15 seconds i'm a funny man i'm a funny man <laughs> yeah I'm a funny man. i was all yeah i made a note about that actually um you know lest you think prince only wants to touch the breasts of this particular object of his affection he does make a commitment near the end of the song when he sings at five minutes and 56 seconds in times of trouble, I'll be right there on the double. Whatever you want, whatever you need, oh baby, you can count on me because I'm a funky man. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's funny man or funky man. Oh. I'm a funky man. I said uh-huh. funky man. That's oh, what I okay. Hear. 
Exactly, being a funky man has to do with being a reliable partner. I'm not uh-huh. sure, but Prince says he will be. Well, that's kind of why I thought it was a f- I'm a funny man because I don't want to have sex with you, but I do want to touch you mm. in a sensual way. Mm. But also, if you need me, I'm going to be there. Maybe and I'll need to go back it's and funny. Again. It's funny the way this works. <laughs> funny to him. Ha ha. Yeah. Then we have Neon Telephone. The last song we'll be the covering. The last song, but, there but we've are, got like there's four plus, versions there's of it. There's plenty of them. <laughs> Again, this one dates far back to July 10th, 1985 for the original mm-hmm. recording. that It was recorded the day after Love or Money, according to Prince Paul, which I thought was fun. Mm-hmm. And it was initially considered for use on Parade, the motion picture soundtrack to Under the Cherry Moon. And in the movie itself, it, it inspired the use of such an unusual item in the movie, a neon telephone. That was nice for me to read, but it's a black and white movie, you know? Well, <laughs> There's no neon in black and white. R- well, I mean, you can that see that point. it lights up. I guess. I thought, and Those you know, were big in the... Yeah. In the 80s. Yeah. It's very 80s. Yeah. Yeah. It has a very 80s revival of the 60s sound, it which does. is it's True. a Paisley Underground uh-huh. sort of track, which Three O'Clock was a part of, along with the Bengals. Right. Yeah. A lot of... Um, reminds me of Girl, the B-side Girl that mm-hmm. was on Around the World in a Day that mm-hmm. we've talked about before. Yeah. With uh, kind of spoken lyrics a little bit okay and also sung somewhat yeah you know very uh waffly thoughts of maybe she'll call me maybe she won't and if she don't i'm gonna lose my mind Uh uh-huh you know yeah i loved the wendy and lisa background vocals here Uh they're really fun yeah yeah we should say this is the first recording of neon telephone unreleased version that yes this is version one yes I love, it's kind of dark in here. That's kind of a very cutesy Prince thing to say. It's mm-hmm. kind of dark in here. I need a light. <laughs> it's too bright. Like when the phone goes off, it's too bright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the music's really complex and playful. Yeah. And then there's this really cute set of lyrics where Prince says, I know she cares. Mm -hmm. And Wendy and Lisa say, I don't care. Right. (laughs) Like she's answering or it's either she's answering or it's I'm pretend. I know she cares, but I'm going to pretend I don't care. Yeah. Even though I very much want her to call. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, Before that, the bridge I wanted to talk about a little bit. Yes. Sometimes her pride is like a big, tall building. It hides the street that leads to a sweet mystery. So cool. I love that lyric a lot. 
In fact, sometimes I hear it as, sometimes our pride is like a big tall building. It hides a street that leads to a sweet mystery. But I think since he's obsessed with this girl and will she or won't she call, I think her is correct. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And then there's the little, why can't you call me, baby? Pick up the phone. You know your little prince can't be alone. Mm -hmm. I need some of your sweet, sweet. Yeah. And I just love how he sucks his teeth and he puts his own name in there. Yeah, and doesn't finish the thought. uh Uh-huh. Well, he finishes the thought, but not in words. Right. Yeah. Why can't you call me, baby? Pick up the phone. You know your little prince can't be alone. And actually, sweet, sweet, ooh, ooh, it's Mm -hmm. got this kind of ooh vocalization there instead of the word. And then we get this slow down part at the end. Right? Yeah, I thought it kind of falls apart. Uh-huh, it does. And I'm like, hmm, this is our protagonist falling apart. Yeah, it's a it's a peek inside his thoughts. Yeah, at the fact that there is no light on his phone right. because she is not calling. Yes, the disappointment. Mm-hmm. Yes, he very much does care. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I don't know, pretends that she's calling, perhaps, because we hear his side of the conversation. Uh-huh. Hello. Hello. You didn't call. But you think you're too good or something? Can I talk to you? Are you alone? Good God. Or he calls her. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) That's That's very unlike him. That's what I got from it, though, was that he called her and we're hearing his side of the conversation he's a little uh perturbed. Com- yeah combative perturbed mm-hmm. annoyed upset he's not a happy man but then there's these bass guitars and a slide whistle at the end it's really fun are you talking about the part where he says how come you didn't call and there's this Burr. what you think you're too good or something Burr. There's like this buzzing thing happening as he delivers those two lines that I think are so cool. Yeah. But I always thought it had like this strange underwater quality to the whole song Mm -hmm. that put it in the same category as Girl to a degree. Yeah. Um, So I always think of those two as pairs and I'm always saddened to read that they weren't recorded closer to one another because it would have made me feel really smart. Oh. Well, then we have another version of Neon Telephone. Right, a little shorter, three minutes mm-hmm. and 32 seconds. Yep. Still complicated, fun music, lyrically, mm-hmm. very much the same. Did you hear Prince count it off at the beginning, though? One, oh. two, one, two, three. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. I thought that was really cool. I had never noticed it before listening to it for this podcast. Cool. Oh, yeah. Love the count-in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you must have heard it. Uh, and the addition of shoo-shoo-hoo by Wendy and Lisa uh-huh. at the very yeah. beginning. And Prince probably also. It's 
kind of an alternate vocal take delivered just a little bit differently, but it's not radically different than Mm -mm. the first version. No, it adds in Mm -hmm. a ringing telephone. Yes. Which I'm like a little on the nose. Yeah, that was Prince's thing though, right? Yeah. There's really nice guitar work at the end. Mm -hmm. And I think that breakdown tempo change Mm -hmm. is a little more organized in this one. Oh, okay. feels like more of a a mood shift rather than a breakdown whereas in the first version it really felt like he was falling apart and we were hearing that reflected in the music and this one it's just more a change in attitude Mm. i think prince loved doing that musically in songs when there was a chance to just like throw it in a completely different direction off tempo and Mm -hmm. uh have this weird moment that was very much his thing to do during this time period too. Mm-hmm. Shoo, shoo, hoo. Then we have the released version from three o'clock neon telephone. It was on Vermilion, the band's first and only album with Paisley park records, but the band's fourth album, right? Uh, this song ended up being the second single from Vermilion and was the final single the band ever released. Right. We talked about Vermilion. I don't know how it came up, but we had the conversation over, is it three o'clock or the three o'clock? Uh-huh. And I remember being so shocked that it was the three o'clock because I know it'll be surprising for you to know that this is the only album by this band that I own. <laughs> oh, yeah. The one that came out on Paisley Park right, Records is right. the only one you have? Correct. Uh-huh. And it nowhere is the word the in front of three o'clock right. on that album. But their previous ones, well, their previous, previous ones albums. under the name three o'clock, because they had other names before that. Oh, yeah. Salvation Army. Correct. <laughs> um, that Those were the three o'clock. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's a, it's a little a little strange. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned the... Paisley Underground Sound, that's mm-hmm. their claim to fame, being from San Francisco. Kind of the same music scene that included Dream Syndicate, Rain Parade, Green on Red, mm-hmm. and yes, the Bengals. Mm-hmm. I thought it was L.A. I didn't realize it was San Francisco. You are correct. It is L.A. <laughs> okay. I said San Francisco while looking at the words Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an excuse. There's I'm a, just telling you what I did. <laughs> There's a peek into Josh's brain right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They were founded under the name Sal- The Salvation Army uh-huh. in <laughs> The Salvation Army took umbrage. I don't know if they did. Yes, they did. Oh, is they, that why? That's why they changed to the three o'clock okay. or three o'clock. So right. One or the other. Huh. Yeah. Well, one of the band members, last name Benair, said that Prince was aware of their band from Arrive Without Traveling and the Her Heads Revolving video, which had a little bit of success on MTV from Mm -hmm. a previous record. And the Bengals told them that Prince was a fan. And Uh uh, when they were off uh, the label IRS, Prince sent a label person to see The Three O'Clock Live. And that's how they... Got signed to Paisley Park, Park Records. Really, thanks yeah. to the Bengals. That's cool. Yeah. In fact, even though Prince Vault says that they that was their last album, being Vermilion, they have released some other music 
since then. Did you see that? There's Uh -uh. an album called, or an EP collection called Three Times Four, or Three X Four, that features Dream Syndicate and Dream Syndicate, Dream Syndicate and the Bangles on it. And there's a promo video for it also. Super cool. That you can share on social media. Sure, I will do that. Which I'll be happy to do that on Facebook, the Mountains and the Sea of Prince podcast, on Twitter at T-M-A-T-S, the Mountains and the Sea podcast. Or you can send us an email at tmatspodcast at gmail.com and I can shoot you that link. Excellent. They're also on Twitter and active. Oh, cool. Their handle is at the three o'clock. That's T-H-E, the number three. O-C-L-O-C-K. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm going to have to tweet this at them. You That'd should. be fun. Yeah. I mean, they don't get coverage from podcasts like this much, I bet. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah. I like how they changed it from a sexy situation to a certain situation. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. I noticed that, but didn't really take note of it. Yeah. Notice, but not noted. Yeah. Shame on me. That's all right. I just thought, now I had not listened to this CD, and to be honest, I had still have not listened to the entire thing in decades. Yeah. Plural. Aww. Plural. But when the music started, you know, I remembered how this song sounded. Right. But it struck me how much it sounds like the cars shake it up. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I mean, I almost wanted to say, it sounds a little ZZ Top. And I'm like, no, no, it's something else. And I went looking today. And I'm like, it sounds like something from the Cars. What song is it? And it's Shake It Up. Okay. Not that I think that it's a derivative or related or anything. Mm -hmm. It just reminded me of it. Um, Yeah. And Shake It Up was from like 1981. So well before this. But it has that feel to it. Mm -hmm. And I had forgotten that Wendy and Lisa's background vocals are left Mm-hmm. Or used, yeah, in this at version. least in some parts, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. At a minute and fifty-two seconds, there's some whoa oh ohs in there that are whoa oh oh that are Wendy and Lisa's, I believe. And this is what I've been waiting to talk to you about for like <laughs> two weeks. Despite not being mentioned on Prince Vault or being given credit at all, which is fine, I am a firm believer that Prince is heard on this track as well. Really? Where at? Oh, I thought you were going to say, I know! You did not. So I hope I'm not crazy. Two minutes and 11 seconds when they sing, I need some of your sweet, sweet. And then you can hear a guy going, hoo-ha! If it's not Prince, I would consider eating my hat. Okay. You really think it sounds like Prince Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Right after, I need some of your sweet, sweet hoo-ha. Uh-huh. Yeah, they don't suck their teeth. Correct. Like They're not Prince quite did. as Well, yeah. yeah. Well, they aren't Prince, yeah. for one thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they don't. So I think that there is something here that Prince contributed, and that is it. Fun. Yep. Fun. It does have that slow part 
at three minutes and five seconds. Yeah, the the breakdown. Yeah, um, it happens a little bit later than in Prince's version, and it's you hear both sides of the conversation. It yes. sounds like they're getting back together. Yes, it's happy a little ending. more amiable, right? Exactly. Rather than confrontational, correct? Yeah, which I, I thought was really fun. I wondered if they'd leave Prince in there because you could say maybe use Prince not as a proper noun, but as in a, you can't leave me, your Prince, Mm. alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they did not. They did not. Why don't you call me, baby, pick up the phone? You know you just can't leave me alone. I want someone else. I thought that they did a good job making the song. Uh, Obviously, it was inspired and based on mm-hmm. an original recording but a completely different recording yeah it was really kudos fun. to being a band and giving it that mm-hmm. paisley underground feel yep and i thought that they did a good job with it i agree and then they had a 12 uh, inch version they sure did which also i had Super forgotten long. about completely <laughs> um it starts really fun with this at the tone the time will be 11, 16, and 50 seconds. And then they see neon telephone a bunch of times and even backwards once, which sounds like blessed Naeem, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. funny. And then she says, exactly. At the tone, the time will be 11, 16, and 50 seconds. Neon telephone, neon telephone, neon telephone, blessed Naeem. Exactly. Which the exactly is a, the sample from the time will be exactly uh-huh. you know, the tone. The time, time will, will be, be. Exactly. Uh-huh. So I think sh- that they're having fun there with, you know, of course, they back mask neon telephone. And right. She's like, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I meant. Yeah. Exactly. So, I thought it was really fun. It was cute. Yeah. So I feel like we have an obligation to explain to anyone 30 or younger what's going on <laughs> here, though. Because you see, there was a time... When people couldn't be arsed to look at their watches or clocks on the wall. (laughs) Or they wanted to make sure that those watches and clocks were set to an accurate time. Nobody did that. So instead, they would take the time to use a phone tethered to a wall (laughs) to call a seven-digit number to learn exactly what time it Uh was. And often it would tell you the temperature as well. I was going to say, weather was sometimes involved also. Uh-huh. Time and temperature. Time and temperature. And a lot of times, I don't know if that's what inspired banks to do that and why banks oh. continue to do that to this day. You're going to keep track of my money better if you've got time and temperature on a sign outside, but they insist on doing it. Uh-huh. I look yeah. forward to that going away. There is a little bit of music in this that mm. was super fun. And it reminded me of a video game that our oldest child played a ton when he was younger. There is around a minute and 15, there's music that sounds like Sonic Colors. Oh, really? Oh, so like to the point where I even called our son over and said, listen oh. to this, and what does it remind you of? What He's did he like, say? He goes, oh, oh, it's so familiar. It sounds like, oh, 
And I was like, does it sound like Sonic Colors? And he's like, that's it. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> so Sonic Colors could have been inspired by uh huh by the 3 o'clock. The 3 o'clock yeah. neon telephone. Maybe we should go look at the box again and see if it's the Sonic Colors. <laughs> <laughs> and I really liked it. There were these little isolated doo-doo-doos. Uh-huh. That was fun. Yeah. Those were the two things I wanted to point out. Oh, okay. Um, I wanted to point out that same little lyric with what I claim to be Prince mm-hmm. appears twice in the song because I think they get the six minutes and 37 uh-huh. seconds out of it or however long it is, not only by including the time and temperature stuff, but also looping many of the lyrics. Uh, yeah. You know, there's some repetition here, so, which is fine. If you like the song and wanted a longer version of it, then here you go. Yeah. This is it. There's nothing to not like. Uh, but at two minutes and eleven seconds, I need some of your sweet, sweet woo ha. Mm-hmm. And then it happens again at four minutes and forty five seconds. A lot of this, like I said, is made by repeating and looping lyrics and instrumental parts. Yeah, not an awful lot new here, other no. than maybe a slightly different mix to the music. Right, but it was um, fun. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that's all of the music that we're going to talk about today. So that means we have some choices to make. We choose three things. We choose a time capsule, which is something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released, if it was released. Uh, The sea, the low point, the thing that we like the least, and the mountain, the high point from the songs we've listened to today. These are my rules, so I go first. Uh, for me, the time capsule was the Uptown version of 101. Okay. Just because it sounded so particularly 80s Prince. Mm. It was very squarely in that late 80s sound for me. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I had a similar reason for picking Neon Telephone, okay. the 12-inch version. Uh, first of all, the opening sample of the Mm-hmm. And uh, even the goofiness of, you know, repeating the word exactly after the backwards <laughs> uh-huh. neon telephone. And the backmasking totally yeah. is yeah. 80s. Yeah, like, yeah. ooh, look at the fun toys we have to play uh-huh. with in the studio. <laughs> it had that kind of uh, feel to it at the beginning to me that was uh, very late 80s. Very cool. Yeah. All right. The C for me. The S-E-A. Yeah, the low point mm-hmm. was... 101 instrumental because it wasn't instrumental wow. and I did penalty for being a misnomer uh, for being a misnomer and also just like the, the background vocals that they left in there didn't like it really bothered me that you heard that real droning background vocal uh-huh. and that it was it worked really well underneath regular vocals but it did not work on its own for me when you sing it karaoke style it's going to back you up and make you sound fabulous and maybe you're opinion will change if you think i'm going to sing this karaoke or anything karaoke then you don't know me very well (laughs) well i have this ping pong ball for a reason and it's to bounce on top of lyrics so that you can sing along (laughs) okay wow that i'm glad that didn't take a different turn all right uh what's your c my c um i'm surprised this was not your c because it was my c from the very, very beginning, from uh-huh. the first listen through, uh, is the Shep Pettibone, oh. or as I wrote it, the Shep Pettibone <laughs> 12-inch mix of Eternity. 
Not that I didn't like it per se, but first of all, I don't know that I've heard a 12-inch mix of a ballad that I felt was necessary okay. of Prince's music, especially one done by an outside producer. And I don't know that I've ever heard a Prince-related remix by Shep Pettibone that I felt was necessary. <laughs> Which was, um, I think, Prince's reaction to the Strange Relationship mix. Didn't he label okay. it the It's Not My Fault uh. remix or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, it just had, And it just had some of the same sameness of the Strange Relationship remix. Um, sure, he definitely had a style. He had a style, and it also, I think, that remix could have been left off and give us another outtake from that era of mm-hmm. a different song. So that yeah. kind of still sits. Oh, you're still holding a grudge. I am. You've got space on this super deluxe edition that I think uh, was one of the places that could have been given to something else. Okay. So anyway, sorry, Shep. <laughs> and then the mountain, the high point, the thing that we liked the most, it was tough to choose. It wasn't. Oh, I, I'm glad. I had a hard time choosing between... Prince's first version of Neon Telephone, but I ultimately went with Prince's version of Cool Love because it's peppy and fun, Uh and there's a lot of variety, and there's contradiction in the lyrics, which is really enjoyable, and when I was trying to make my decision today we were sitting in our living room listening to the whole set of music today and this is the one i got most excited about when it came on so we also were listening to it in the car yesterday yeah and uh not talking about it in any way shape or form yeah just coming along i was kind of watching you as each song started to see if you had any kind of reaction or were you singing along to anything and you were not so i was like i don't know she hates all this crap (laughs) oh no I didn't know if you had even heard any of these songs before uh, listening to this episode. Do you know? Um, not most of them. I had heard Neon Telephone before. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was it. That was it. So what's your mountain? I agree with you 100%. It is Cool Love, the Prince oh, version for yay. me. Just his vocal range. I think it starts off sounding like this is going to be a cheese fest a little bit. <laughs> but... The amount of vocal range in it and the awesome electric guitar stuff that happens in this song. It is very much a Love Sexy era song, I will admit, but it's less layered than I think what he was doing with Love Sexy. That's a super full record and you've really got to listen to it to pick out. There are so many parts, it seems like, um, where this is a precursor to it. It's got that sound, but it's also stripped back a little bit more and I love how it just keeps building and building and building throughout the song and I give it extra points um, and an honorable mention to Sheena Easton's version for that uh, drum kit that is exactly like Alphabet Street Uh and I hear it more again on the released version than I do on Prince's unreleased version but I think that's just because of the brightness of the recordings that we have. But I love me some cool love. So I love the yeah. fact that we did two episodes full of songs not on Sign of the Times Super Deluxe Edition. And we both picked mountains that were the same. Uh-huh. And they were good love and cool love. Uh, yeah. So super I think fun. that's super fun. Yeah. So I am 
permanently adding cool love back into heavy rotation for my life because I love it so much. Very good. Excellent. All right. So what are we going to talk about next time? How about more sign of the times? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I love this era so much. I'm going to be so sad when it's over. Um, And I swear to you, I'm not trying to stretch it out more than it deserves. (laughs) There's just so much here. There is so much. Um, This next one is something that we, even a genre of thing that we have not covered okay in this era yet and that is an after show oh um i guess with the exception of the new year's eve special that right. came on dvd was sort of after showish with miles davis yeah but this was a real after concert show from the morning of june 15th 1987 that means like just after midnight on right june 15th 12.01 a.m., mm-hmm. the beginning of June 15th. Right. In Paris, there was a Madhouse opening act. Okay. However, we're not going to talk about that so much as the Prince show that came after it, because Prince was not part of the Madhouse live show. Right. Uh, the band consisted of Prince, Levi Caesar Jr., Dr. Fink, Eric Leeds, Atlanta Bliss, and on drums, Dale Alexander. Um, so I think you'll be... A little surprised at what you hear in part of this, most of this after show. Super fun. So I look forward to sharing it with you because I don't think that you've ever heard it before. Very cool. That's exciting. Super fun. And I'm talking you, Christy. Yes. Uh, There are probably listeners who are going, Josh, we know this, okay? Uh Yeah. 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 So just clarifying. Sorry. No, that's fine. Uh, So thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate that you've taken the time to listen to us, that you've joined us on our super long, long journey of Sign of the Times that is not quite over just yet. It's more fun when you can listen with a friend. So do tell a friend, you know, you have a purple friend who you haven't told about the show yet. And it's going to be way more fun if you just listen to it with them or listen to it separately and talk about it with them later rate and review wherever you get your podcast because that does help us get found and until next time happy purple listening thanks for listening to us we appreciate it